It's just going to be, oh, you're going to hear like shuffling <laughs> and like some grunting sounds with, uh, don't kick me in the balls. Please don't kick me in the balls. Dude, I love nothing but shuffling and grunting sounds. Thank you for not kicking me in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else you need to thank for not kicking you in the balls? The Savage Land. Uh. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> you want to do you want to do a freestyle Savage Land rap? <laughs> Not even. Yeah, come on, let's do it. I'm just kidding. I can't. If I can't freestyle, this in my life. <laughs> I can't either. I can yo, savages. It's traumatic. Is it's I'm making up words because it's uh, a lot. Uh, see, no, I can't freestyle. We ravaged this. Oh, there you go. Nice place. Here's the Savage Land. It's a crazy place. <laughs> Fuck. So put up your hands. Oh, God. I can't freestyle. <laughs> How's it going, man? I can't even, like, default to fuck your mama raps like Dan Harmon. Yeah, I know. Seriously. I That is one thing. He's, like, got his little niche that he can actually make a rap around half the time. I can't do it. <laughs> rap around. Uh, I like Tattles. You like Tattles. <laughs> I like Tattles, too, but we're not going to even talk about that because we haven't seen it yet. Because we're idiots. Uh. So behind the times. Well, you know, we had too much fun having uh, uh, parties where we sang Don't Kick Me in the Balls songs. Don't Kick Me in the Balls. I know, I wish I had been there for that. Oh, well. It was great, man. We had a full chorus of people singing and harmonizing Don't Kick Me in the Balls. <laughs> we had a couple couple friends did some freestyle raps Ooh. revolving around not getting kicked in the balls. Sounds like a pretty good There's style of rap. a ton of gratitude for thank you for not kicking me in the balls. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. A, lot, a lot of thankfulness there. That's good. Yeah, you can't have a party without a song that is called Don't Kick Me in the Balls. Well, then it went true. to Don't Twist My Nips. Ooh, Don't Twist My Nips. That sounds like a good sequel, and a good follow-up. And then, uh, and then the, uh, the, the late-night follow-up was Don't Smash My Bash. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad he wasn't a one-hit wonder. It sounds like uh, he kind of oh, continued no, we were success. Going. Yeah. That's good. Yep. It's real good, dude. It was, it was a fun party, and uh, happy, happy birthday to your lovely wife. She had a fun birthday. It, it, sure, it sure felt that way. Well, somebody was hanging out, and then they left. Yeah, yeah, I left. Oh, well. <laughs> I, but tell I came us, back. Tell the, tell the podcast nah, listeners all, all right. about that. Nah. I, uh, <laughs> I came back, though, the next day, and uh, we had fun chilling at the pool. We sure did. Kitty pool. Yeah, it was a kitty pool. Um, it, it was a little more than a kitty pool, but definitely not a full-size pool. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> good times, though. No, it was good times. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, what you got? I got, uh, do I have ketchup? Dude, I don't really have any ketchup. You don't have any ketchup? I don't know, man. I've been like dealing with a broken car and having a party. <laughs> sounds like uh, some indie band album. I deal with the broken car. Dun, 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 dun. I then I had a party. Dun, 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 dun. Then my car was still broken after the party. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, maybe if it was like an early <laughs> NoFX song, then it could be a song. But I was thinking just an album. Oh, album okay. title. But yeah, I mean, I guess no, you know, a, a punk band like that could have written. written no, songs. yeah, I mean, no, no effects is like they have like the tribute to linoleum. <laughs> it's true. It's, yeah, I enjoy no effects a lot. I I will go about two years without listening to no effects, and then I'll listen to a few of their songs and be like, yeah, yeah. No effects is consistently dinosaurs. They're consistently good. It's true. They don't put out a bunch of like the, each album's consistently no effects and and. uh I don't know. It's just not. It's one of they're one of those bands that like 
their style is always good. Even yeah. if it's even if the, all their songs are like the same it's pizza. style. Right. It's pizza. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Rancid's kind of that same way for me. I enjoy Rancid. You I like do Rancid. like Rancid quite a lot, but I don't think they're like pizza because there's a lot of Rancid I don't like. That's fair. But the know. good Rancid is really good. So yeah. that, so there may be more like hamburgers. Mm. There you go. Yeah, that's that's probably closer. You're 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 more on the money than me. Yeah. But I saw Rancid live one time. It was pretty good. It's pretty good stuff. I've seen them live too. They were awesome. Yeah. I like uh I like Ruby Soho being performed live. I don't know why. There's just something about that song that I just I jump around a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's a great song. Get that like, get that uh, energy in my britches. Time Time Bomb is probably my favorite. Time Bomb. It's a good one. It's a good one. Um I I do like okay Dinosaurs Will Die is a song that I freaking love just especially the intro of. Mhm. Such a rocking intro. It's think, like if you want to get yourself pumped up. I think my favorite song is Whatever Didi Wants by NoFX. Because the entire song's about him talking about he he'll do whatever Didi wants, Didi being his girlfriend. Oh, except for all the stuff that he won't actually do. <laughs> it's pretty great. I I'm sure I've listened to that song but I don't remember anything about it. It's like I would uh, swim across the Nile. Actually, I wouldn't because I'd probably get amoebic dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that's. And the funny. chorus is something along the lines of like, "I would do almost anything for you." <laughs> <laughs> that's good shiz, man. That's good shiz. Uh, and thanks, <laughs> thanks to anyone uh, joining us uh, from the Salt Lake City subreddit as uh, we posted there recently and. Apparently, quite a few of you uh, felt like tuning in and, and listening to us. So Yeah, you were like, hey, you should listen to this. Who is this guy talking about animal penises? Maybe I should. <laughs> maybe not. I noticed there was a good amount of carryover, so so some people must have liked the animal penises. Maybe that's going to have to become our gimmick from now on. Oh, man. I, know, we're gonna have I to- mean, I'm actually all right with that. If you want, like, <laughs> weird animal sex facts, I'll, I'll happily look up weird animal sex facts and we'll talk about them. Yeah, we'll have animal sex corner every every week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, well, no, I don't want to talk about it right now, but what? We never introduced ourselves today. They'll figure it out. <laughs> it's just Jason and Matt this week. <laughs> Rachel is not here. You might be thinking that we're just keeping her from talking by going on and on about parties and animal sex, but uh, she was not able to make it. Uh, nor were the other two uh, part-time hosts, Josh and Mitch. But uh, we, uh, we're we still here. We're still talking. Josh so, went MIA, man. Josh is like, you know what? Being a podcast is too mainstream. I need to go back and hide in my basement and play Dungeons and Dragons. For real, though, he he totally ditched us to just host Dungeons and Dragons games. He apparently he's got like four going on right now. What you know? What I'm more yeah. I'm I'm more upset that he didn't invite us. That's what I've been saying. Anything else? I know. Like I don't actually care if you want to go play D and D because I, I think it's cool. Yeah, but I want to play. I know. That's what I told him. <laughs> okay, so I go like, and he's my cousin. I go four weeks without talking to him. And then finally, he and I go and have some lunch, and I'm like, yo, dude, where the hell you been lately? <laughs> He's like, oh, sorry, man. I started one D&D thing, and then I kept getting asked to do more and more. And I'm like, okay, when do you do them? He's like, oh, like, a lot. And I'm like, dude. And he, and he even told me, so that day, he's like, I'm starting up a new league uh, or a new game or whatever with some people like in a couple of days. And I was like, dude. I want to come and just chill. I don't even... You don't have to make me a character. I don't have to be involved. I literally... I will sit in the corner and watch. Do you and think he calls them questicles? <laughs> <laughs> I hope he does. I hope so, too. And that's the thing is, like, if Josh is listening right now, dude, like, we have absolutely no problem with Dungeons & Dragons because it's fucking cool and well, I love it. And I we've been talking... Play. Yeah, we've been talking about doing a Dungeons & Dragons game forever now. 
and like dude just bails on us and like doesn't even invite us for it and so then so then i tell him i'm like man i will just come and watch like i just want to watch and not even ironically like i'm just super interested i listen to podcasts that play Dungeons and dragons and he's like he's like okay yeah i'll talk to him and see and he texts me later he's like yeah man they just kind of want to do it themselves i was like what yeah well i mean i, I don't know i get that because like you want so i i dm'd for a group a little while back and it was like some people took it seriously and some didn't yeah and you can't have that it's either all or none unless unless i mean all or none in the sense of like everybody is not on board and it's just goofing around having fun or everybody is on or everybody's on board but if you have a little bit of both it it just gets it's people get frustrated and it's just it's oh totally hard i can imagine that it's like there have been especially when we first started the podcast there were a lot of days where i was like super like host mode yeah and then you guys would start dicking around, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then it kind of turned into the opposite. Um, but uh, yeah, but like that was the thing is I was like, it's like, man, I'm not even, I wouldn't even be there to like make fun or like have fun with it or even like make jokes about it. I would just be there to watch and observe in like a non-ironic, not like watching nerds do something. Because I, I, dude, I host two podcasts about comic books and shit, like, and I make video game video. Like, I, there's no yeah. judgment. No, I know. I don't. I, uh, whatever. It, it frustrates me, but whatever. Whatever. I, I, I'll just. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. If anybody, if anybody knows any good uh, dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons leagues in Salt Lake, I uh, I just want to play Star Wars oh, role God. playing. Yes. Or yeah, uh, if there's a good Star Wars RPG in Salt Lake anywhere, if anyone knows, let us know at Savage Line Pod on Twitter. Is the better question? Is there a good Star Wars RPG? That's true. I don't know. Send us send us your favorite Star Wars RPGs on uh, Twitter at Savage Line Pod or Facebook Savage Line Podcast. Did I tell you my neighbor plays uh, Star Wars games, like the Fantasy Flight Star Wars games? Oh, like no our, way. Yeah. So, we have, so I've got Armada that we play, uh-huh. and he's got X-Wing and then Imperial Assault, which is like ground-based troop, yeah. troop combat. Oh, that's cool. That's kind of like uh, in uh, Ernest Klein's book, Armada, how it's mm-hmm. got the two games. There's Armada and then Terraforma. Right. Terraforma. Yeah. That's the it, that's yeah. Cool. Except for there's the one in between X Wing. Yeah, yeah. No, same concept. X Wing. X Wing. I feel like for us has kind of been that redheaded stepchild where like we enjoy playing Armada, but then the topic of X Wing comes up, and every once in a while we're like, oh man, X Wing's really cool. He's got a whole shitload of them, and I look <laughs> at him and I'm like, mm, it looks really fun. Oh, and that's that's Sky Todd, right? <clears throat> Sky Todd. Oh no way. Yep. The legend of Sky Todd lives on. Exactly. Oh damn, dude. Sky Todd's got shit figured out. The more, the more and more I even hear about Sky Todd, the more I realize that Sky Todd's definitely just doing it right. Sky Todd's pretty cool. Uh, it's creepy, though, because Sky Todd is Jenica and I in 10 years. Really? Oh, my God. Yes. Like, all their life story is, like, pretty damn similar. <laughs> Are they 10 years older than you guys? I don't know. But they're maybe older? Maybe tops 10. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Probably I, not more than 10. That's cool. Probably maybe even only five. I mean, they're not much older than us. So what? So what do you mean in terms of them being? Oh, young? like they did. Uh, like they met sort of similarly in a similar way than we, as we did. They went on an extremely similar honeymoon uh-huh. to, as we did. They like live they, in the they, same exact they, place. Like you do. they've they live next to us. <laughs> <laughs> they they do. They've done a lot of the same trips we've done. They do a lot of things. He's a huge Star Wars fan and a geologist. That's cool. That's and that's right up your alley. Yeah, totally. So, it, and she does a lot of gardening and kind of like, you know, working with people and stuff. And that's Jenica's. It's just a a, it's just stuff. creepy how f- similar they are to us. How yeah. long have they lived here? I don't know. Oh, they moved in like 
a couple months before we did. Oh, really? <laughs> that's yep. cool. Yeah, that's that's way awesome, actually. I uh, you know it's true. The legend of Sky Todd, man, they have a dog named Loki. Oh yeah, and then the other neighbor has Thor. Uh huh. I dude, I I I still wonder which one came first. You know, who's the knockoff? I don't think either because they're old, both old dogs, but they moved in really? recently, and then the other guys who have Thor. I've been here for a while. So it just so fucking happened? It just happened. Jesus Christ. Yep, that we're surrounded by Loki and Thor. You, sh- you definitely should have named your dog like Heimdall or Malekith or something. Yeah, you should well, have renamed Next animal, I'm definitely going to name it. I don't know, probably. You could name him Odin. Um, Reverse Odin. What's o- what are Odin's uh, raven's names? Oh, fuck. I don't even know. Let's see. Uh, it's going to drive me nuts. Uh, call 413-SAVAGE-4 and tell us what Odin's <laughs> Ravens are named. And we'll just look it up on the internet right now. Yeah. What's What are Odin's Ravens' names? Okay. Uh, let's see. Hugin? Yes. And, and Moonen. Yep. That's yep. right. Uh, one means uh, thought. So Hugin means thought. And uh, uh, Moonen means memory or mind. Yeah, that's right. Huh. That segues me into getting really excited for uh, the new uh, American Gods TV show. Oh, yeah. When's it, when's it going to be airing? I don't know, man, but uh, fucking Odin's in that show. Which Do you remember uh, which network it's going to be on? I thought it was HBO. Let's see. American Gods TV series will be on Stars. Oh, okay. Created by Brian Fuller. Of uh, Dead Like Me, Wonderfalls, Pushing Daisies, and Hannibal fame. Okay. That's pretty good. Wow, he's got the best source material on the fucking planet to go from. It's true. I uh, I do enjoy American Gods. Oh, wow. And the guy that he's co-running it with, uh, he's done a lot of stuff. So he's he's a writer on the new Wolverine sequel. Mm-hmm. He's a writer on Alien Covenant. Which uh, I'm excited for. Yeah. He was uh, an executive producer on the TV series Gotham, which is up and down, but whatever. He was one of the writers on Green Lantern. However, I don't hold that against anybody because they had like 10 people come in and do revisions on Green Lantern, sure. so yeah. who cares? Uh, oh, he was a writer and co-executive producer on Heroes, the original run. Which, uh, okay. That's pretty good. I mean, mm. the original one started well. Mm, yeah. You didn't like the first couple seasons? Well, I liked <clears throat> the first season, and the second one was okay. Yeah. Um, and the third and fourth were crap. That's fair. <clears throat> and then let's see. He was a co-producer on Smallville too. So. Did the did the did the Rebirth get canceled? Heroes Rebirth. Uh, Reborn. Oh, Heroes Reborn. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that one got canceled as fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Oh wow, this guy wrote three comic books too. He wrote uh, Superman, Batman, Finest World, Superman, Batman, The Search for Kryptonite, and Batman: Lovers and Mad Men. Huh. That's cool. I do like it when people kind of go between genres. Or go between mediums. Sure. That's nice. Yeah, man. It's just exciting to get, uh, you know, because other than that, we had Stardust was a Neil Gaiman adaptation, that movie that was okay. Yeah, it was decent. Charlie Cox was in that. That's right. And then what was it? Did did he have another one? Neverwhere. Neverwhere. And I don't remember Neverwhere being particularly good. Yeah, I don't. There's literally nothing in my memory about it. You know what I'd love to see is... uh, uh, Marvel do an animated movie. Does Marvel have full reign on animated stuff? Uh, as far as I can tell, yes. They need to do a sixteen oh two animated. Oh, that'd be cool as shit. Animated movie. If Marvel went the DC route, that's exactly what they'd do. 
And that, okay, that's the biggest thing I appreciate about DC is that no matter what, ever since Batman the Animated Series, they've never given up on their animated stuff. No, it's good stuff, man. It's all, yeah, like it's so consistently good. Um, yeah, I, and I'm still half, like I, I have hope and, uh, apprehension about uh <laughs> i was like trying to figure out the word uh apprehension about um the sandman movie now that joseph gordon levitt's not involved and that's right the new line cinema yeah that could be rough could be real rough um but then again it could be i don't know it could be good maybe there i i don't fucking know it's like the last time we got a vertigo adaptation to film was like back when constantine was adapted to film and that mm-hmm. was a fun movie i really liked that movie but it was not close to hellblazer no and I also thoroughly liked that movie. I thought that was an awesome movie. Oh, totally. It was very awesome. It's just like, it's, it's, that it's, movie didn't even have to be called Constantine. No, no. But uh, who cares? It was cool. Yeah, it's true. Um, they are making a Justice League Dark animated movie, though. I'm oh, nice. I'm super excited for that. I think that'd be fucking awesome. I'll watch that someday. Mm. You still need to watch a lot of those other DC movies. Yeah, someday. <laughs> I found out Mr. Show's on... Uh, Amazon Prime. So, oh, so now that's gonna obsess or take over your life. <laughs> you know who did? You know who was an executive producer on Mr. Show? Other than Paul Shear and or no, not Paul Shear. Uh, fuck, Glass. Fuck, what? David Cross. There we go. Oh no, uh, Dino Stamatopoulos. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, Dino Stamatopoulos, Starburns himself. That's cool. That's a. Uh, it's so weird when you like. You'll see somebody and kind of like know them sort of for like one thing and then discover that they do fuck tons of other things. It's, it's always fun. It's kind of like uh, Brian K. Vaughn was that way for me. Oh, yeah, where he writes everything. Yeah, and it's like the, the amount of TV shows that he's written on is fucking crazy. And same with JMS. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool, though. I like that shit. Especially for writers because like, you know, if, if you like the way that a certain writer functions, it's like you can pretty easily get into most of the shit they write yeah Dep- i mean depending on the matter writer. is important that's true but it's like i mean if, if you look at somebody like um, like if brian k vaughn wrote like a twilight style series i wouldn't be into it well i'm sure but that's the thing is like you know that somebody like brian k vaughn's not gonna write a twilight series well but i'm just trying to prove your point wrong yeah but what, <laughs> what i mean is like i mean obviously he probably would not write a twilight or like a yeah. 50 shades of gray st- story or that's what i mean it's like if if i like a writer they're usually not the writer that's going to cop out and write a fucking teen love romance drama story <laughs> well i'm saying like still maybe in their style but it would just be it just if that was the subject matter i probably would oh like have vampires been. and mm-hmm. okay i get what you're saying i guess uh you know i don't know vampires just have played out these days they kind of are, yeah. I, I'm sick of vampires. the the one The one vampire uh, genre book that never got old for me was um, American Vampire, Scott Snyder's book with Stephen King. I haven't read it, dude. I know I want to. I've heard that's good. That's a rabbit hole you should fall down. I did like Thirty Days a Night. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool shit. That's the thing is there is some good. There's some really really good vampire stuff, but it gets no, drowned in all the shit. Yeah, well, like all the Harry Dresden vampire stuff is fucking awesome. Yeah. Because they're very cool. There's different courts and there's different types of vampires, and it's really cool. Yeah, American Vampire is fairly similar in that way. Oh, yeah. I'll check it out. You should. Um, American Vampire. <laughs> That's actually the theme song. That's crazy that you knew that. The, <laughs> they have a little, um, you know those like those greeting cards where you push a button and it plays a thing? Or you just open it and it plays? Yeah, they have that in the comic book. 
And it's me singing American Rhapsody. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. I don't know how they did that. Something paradoxical, but... That's cool. Yeah. Um, they, they dug this out of the uh, future, the 12 Monkeys style. Yeah. Stephen King, uh, when he, he... He just traveled into the future and grabbed a tiny little podcast soundbite he's from, like what's that oh perfect yeah well because this is the episode where we make it big and everyone starts listening to the savage land like everyone in the world we become more popular than cereal oh shit then i have to have a merry christmas <laughs> <laughs> oh my fucking god um yeah but uh yeah i don't know vampires fucking weird did you ever see dracula untold the no. one luke evans holy fuck uh, that was, like, supposed to be the one that kicks off the shared Universal Monsters universe. Oh, I heard that was bad. It was pretty bad. Didn't they make another one? Oh, I, Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, but that was that was based on a comic book. That was different. I the, tried to watch that. That was real bad. With uh, Aaron Eckhart? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The comic book was pretty cool, but that I, movie. It was... I, Did you watch it? I watched, like, ten minutes of yeah, it. Yeah, because it's on Netflix, so I turned it yeah. on. I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll check it. Oh, I'm not checking this out anymore. That thing got destroyed at the box office. Yeah, I think it made, like, a quarter of its budget. Oof. And it wasn't even that high of a budget. Let's see here. I, Frankenstein... Oh, okay, actually, it, it made back its budget, but its budget was $65 million. Oh, okay. So it made $71 million at the box office, which means, like, it had one good weekend, probably. Oh, man, Jay Courtney is in that? No wonder. Every movie that guy's in, I hate. Spawn? Huh? What about Spawn? He was Spawn. No, Jay Courtney was not Spawn. Wasn't he? No. Who was Spawn? Uh, let's find out. Jay Courtney is the dude uh, that was the new John or the new um, Kyle Reese in Terminator Genesis. Or, yeah, oh, wait, who am I thinking of? His name sounds familiar like that. Spawn. Let's see here. Toddy McFarlane. He's making Spawn. Toddy <laughs> McFarlane. It's making a new Spawn. He's, he's writing the fucking <laughs> script for it. Like, why is Todd McFarlane writing the script? Uh, Michael J. White. That's right. There's a J in there, see? Yeah, same spelling and shit, too. Oh, man, he was uh, he was in The Dark Knight, wasn't he? Who? Uh, Michael J. White. He was. He was uh, Gamble in The Dark Knight. Mm. And he ended up being an Arrow, too, I think. Oh, yep, he totally was. He was an Arrow. He played Bronze Tiger in Arrow. And he's done a bunch of, uh, he's done a bunch of, like, voices. He voiced Doomsday in the Justice League animated series. Man, this guy, he's getting work. <laughs> Because he played Spawn once. <laughs> you know, for all that's, for all people make fun of the Spawn movie, John Leguizamo fucking kills it as clown in that movie. Yeah? Have you seen the Spawn movie? No. Oh, really? I've never bothered to see it. Dude, uh, John Leguizamo plays clown so well. Really? It's such a weird creeper. He's got such a cool costume. I've never like seen a movie where I'm like, oh yeah, John Leguizamo, I really like you. Oh really? He's been in a couple that he's, he's been, been in a lot of movies. I well, there's that. a couple particular ones that he was good at, but I would recommend watching Spawn just to see John Leguizamo in clown costume because <laughs> okay. he's such a weirdo. It's pretty great. I'll think about it. Oh, he ended up being in Kick-Ass too, which I actually liked Kick-Ass too. I like John Leguizamo and Romeo and Juliet. Oh, was he in the Leo DiCaprio one? Uh huh. <laughs> that movie. That movie I really enjoy. That movie, but that movie for for my generation was like the the quintessential like coming of age film. Really? Oh yeah, because we were all like fourteen or fifteen, and when we saw it, it was like <gasps> true love, romance. But it was all kind of like Baz Luhrmann hip, you know, like ooh, yeah. it's still funky fresh. That movie's fucking insane. I really like that movie. <laughs> yeah, and anyway, John Lewis is good. Though. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I'm, I think I do remember him now holding, like, a giant oversized gun. It's cool, though. 
Or they call them swords in that movie, don't they? They're guns, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They don't call them guns. I would like to watch that again. That that soundtrack's on uh, a consistent repeat in life. Really? Uh, it's got a good soundtrack. Yeah, it's got a, one of the best radio Radiohead songs. I don't remember the soundtrack at all. I just remember watching that movie and being like, "This is fucking nuts." But also, why the fuck did they not adapt the dialogue? <laughs> Like it was cool. No, but I thought that's what made it good. They <coughs> because they didn't adapt the dialogue. Yeah. Badap adapt. Badap adapt. They didn't badap adapt they the dialogue. People need to badap adapt more. <laughs> you need to apparently badap adapt your dialogue. I'm not going to badap adapt shit. <laughs> badap adapt yourself before you redact yourself. It's the title of our uh, one of our episodes. It's going to be my hip hop album. Badak adapt to yourself before you badak back to yourself. <laughs> That was dumb as fuck. Um, I did enjoy that, though. It was a fun little thing. I, uh, yeah. Anyway, back to catch-up, I guess we've kind of... Yeah, I don't have any catch-up. I, did I read some comics? I think I might, I might have. Really? I uh, read some comics. Uh, oh, you know what? I finally started... I read the first two issues of The Vision. Oh, dude. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's high on, like, oh, fuck, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the narration, especially in that first issue, the narration is fucking beautiful like, oh well just the fact that, yeah yes to to wholeheartedly agree with you yes and just the fact that it's like so stepford and then she fucking kills that super villain and buries her in the backyard and like what the fuck is yeah, going on i know it's so good <laughs> i just love like that one moment in the narration where it goes um like where it basically it tells you what's gonna happen without explaining what's gonna happen or she's like She's gonna kill one of the neighbors or something like that, you know. Like, oh yeah, she's like. Then the, oh. the then the at the end of this issue, the house gets set on fire yeah. by one of the kids or something. Yeah, it's like, yeah. What? It's so oh, oh, I fucking love it, dude. Tom King is absolutely my favorite writer in comics right now because he he did Omega Men, which just wrapped up, and it was it seriously Omega Men had one of the most beautifully perfect endings of any comic book I've read in a long time. Mm. It seriously like I if you like the vision I think you'd also like Omega Men as all uh, as well, um, and it doesn't it's a book that like it's it's a DC book in that Kyle Rayner who's one of the Green Lanterns or became the White Lantern uh, is the main character uh-huh. but nothing else in that universe has been established for since like the eighties and so it's all new stuff basically you know there's no it's not continuing anything it's just like sort of reintroducing this way old and like obscure concept that was never really touched on for 20 years. Uh-huh. Um, and so there's like no prior knowledge needed to, to jump into it. Nice. Um, yeah, dude, 12 issues. And the, the storytelling of the entire thing is like, it's all mirrored. And like, he does like all the page layouts of every single issue is, is a mirror. So you get to the middle page, like the, the panel layouts and stuff. You get to the middle page and it does the complete reverse back to what the first page was. That's cool. It's like, and it, and it fits with the story, weirdly enough. Like, it's all like, if you look at like the three act structure of a story, yeah. it's kind of conducive to that, you know, where like typically towards the middle, you're getting a lot more bigger panels. And then the closer it gets to the end is, you know, more like, and it's all a nine panel grid mm-hmm. in terms of the structural format. Mm-hmm. But then they'll just on certain pages, you know, they'll take out uh, the you know, lines between three of the panels here or whatever, you know, like they mess, they mess with conventions so much in that book that it's just, I don't know. It's awesome. That's cool. And the main artist on it's really good. It's, I could not sing enough praises of that book. Instead of weird flashback to <clears throat> sitting in traffic next to a bus. Uh, huh. 
because that's when I was listening to the, our old podcast, you describing that exact same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where's this bus in my head coming from? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's when I was listening to Jason tell that exact same story. Yeah, that was back, let's see, that was back when I was on, like, issue eight. Something no, like I, I would check that out. That sounds good. He, he does have an uncanny ability to just write in a really interesting way. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. I've been really wanting to read his uh, Vertigo series. It's called Sheriff of Babylon. And so he was an active duty CIA agent for many years. Okay. Um, and Sheriff of Babylon is basically like him kind of telling a war story. And it's a book that because it's so close to his experiences in mm-hmm. terms of like him writing things that he's seen, this book, every single script has to be approved by the CIA before it can oh, uh, wow. be published. It's crazy. Huh. And so uh, that that's a book that I really want to read. And it's, you know, with it being Vertigo and a little less you know, editorially oversight in terms of like censoring and things like that. Sure. I've heard some great praise on that. So I've really wanted to read it, but, and he's the new Batman writer. There you go. There he freaking go. You know, little, little Tommy King's moving up in the world. Well, guy, he came out of nowhere though. Like he wasn't doing anything like a about two years ago. He had nothing out there. And then he started co-writing Grayson with Tim Seeley after doing like one creator owned book. And since then it's just been, up and up and up, up hmm. and up and up. Way to go, Tom King. You did uh, world proud. Oh, yeah. He's a guy I want to interview at some point. Um, uh, I don't think I've read anything else. I, well, I have, but nothing of, of uh, I don't know. Like, the Thor was good. The new Thor's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it, what is it, Jane Foster's Thor still? Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm still, you know, in, in unlimited world, so. Oh, okay. I think I think Jane Foster's Thor is still Thor, actually. Even <laughs> even currently, like in new issues coming out. I think it is. I don't know. I wonder what happened to Odin's son. I wonder what he's doing. I don't know. Did she ever get her cancer cured? I don't know. <laughs> I th- doesn't the helmet cure her can like keep her cancer at bay or some shit like While that? While she's wearing it, but once she takes it off, it like makes it worse. Oh, that sucks. So she's just got to keep it on always. She's got to do the dread thing. She takes it off pretty consistently though. Oh, really? What an idiot! Because well, because she's the ambassador to <coughs> or to Midgard in uh, um, in uh, 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 yep. God damn it! Yep, the ambassador to Midgard uh, in Mad Magazine. Fuck! <laughs> like all all my Norse mythologies when I went the fucking Asgard. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, I don't know. I read some other shit too. It was fine. Yeah, it was all fine. It was just fine. <laughs> no, I haven't read a lot. I've just been really? doing life, doing adult. Of stuff. course. Um, I've been keeping up with uh with the new rebirth issues. It's the Kardashians. Yeah, I've been keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh boy, let's talk about that for a while. <laughs> oh, just kidding. What's up with rebirth? Uh, so last week I talked about uh they released couple of things they released uh batman green arrow green lanterns and superman last week um and all of those were really good i liked uh batman especially tom king wrote that as well Uh started kind of a new phase where it pulls itself a little bit out of snyder's era which snyder wrote some damn good batman no you know no qualms there um but it kind of pulls it into a little bit more of a brighter tone where it's not so you know everything gets darker and darker with each phase of uh of storytelling um, and it's, you know, it, it was really good. And Michael Janin on the art is fantastic. 
this week they released Detective Comics number 934, going back to the original uh, numbering. That's cool. I liked that. Uh, the story is awesome because they're basically they're doing this arc where Detective Comics is now a twice monthly book. Um, and so it's going to be they're working with two artists and they're going to be kind of telling separate stories where there's one one week story is uh, Batman and the other week's story is um, a lot of the other Bat family. And so you have this issue that's just setting it up where Batman enlists the help of Batwoman to train up a lot of these random sidekicks they have laying around to get ready for uh, something big that that's about to happen. I can't remember what the thing was that, that suggests to him that something crazy might be about to happen. Mm. Um, so they gather up, like, you know, Tim Drake, who goes by Red Robin now, um, Stephanie Brown, who is one of the greatest characters ever in Batman history, uh, called Spoiler, um, Cassandra Kane, who was at one point Batgirl, um, and Clayface, of all people, <clears throat> and basically enlist them to start... Uh, you know, given a helping hand and, uh, start, and just, start, just start batting around, start batting around. Um, and that was really cool. Cause I really, I like the bat universe when it's more involved with all of its pieces rather than just being Bruce Wayne has a villain that knows about his past or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's cause I've really always liked the bat universe mm -hmm. and I hate it when people get really isolationist with their Batman stories. So really excited about that. Um, Action Comics number 957 also came out, and I had, like, almost no interest. I don't know what to tell you, man. It was like, <laughs> it's it's just weird. It's like Lex Luthor is trying to be Superman now. Um, he's got, like, a power suit, and New 52 Superman is dead, but uh, pre-Flashpoint Superman is back, and then there's, like, a third Clark, like, there's another Clark Kent out there now, too. And so the basically the end of the issue is like, you know, this is a mystery. Why are there two Clark Kents? What's going on here? And then, you know, Lex Luthor being a douchebag. And then, like, the final thing is, oh, hey, Doomsday's back, too. I was like, oh, boy. So, Action Comics, I don't think I'll read another issue. Um, Aquaman, also pretty dull, which is disappointing because there's been some damn good Aquaman shit over the last few years. Uh -huh. uh, but... What I did really like was um, The Flash and Wonder Woman. Uh, they released the Rebirth issues of both of them. The Flash is basically Barry Allen. It shows that moment when uh, Wally West discovers him. It's also like he's been having these weird visions and nightmares coming out of the Speed Force lately of like shit that he's not sure how to explain. And we kind of know what it's leading up to because they've introduced there's going to be this new villain called Godspeed. Um and uh, it's pretty cool. The art was fucking phenomenal. Like, it's some of the best art I've seen in a long time. Uh, and it was really heartfelt and just kind of established a really good status quo for Flash going forward. And then Wonder Woman. Uh, Greg Rucka is back at DC Comics after having, like, a pretty well-noted feud for years. Because of uh, Mr. Jeff Johns shaping, ship shaping? Not Jeff Johns. Uh, it was... Not the feud, but that's why he came back. Oh, yeah, yeah. He came back because of, exactly, because of Jeff Johns kind of writing the ship and, and taking some of that dumb Dan DiDio editorial oversight out of the picture, where it was like... Because here's the thing. DC Comics, one of the biggest reasons why they've been in some of the shape they've been is because Dan is a fucking idiot. Like, he, he makes decisions and will not fucking give on them, no matter how much people tell him they're idiotic. 
it's just like Nightwing, for instance. Nightwing has traditionally always had a black and blue costume, right? For the new 52, Dan DiDio goes, you know what? Everybody in the Bat family has to have some sort of red in their uniform for some reason. And so Batman's the only one exempt to that, but then Nightwing had to change his color to red. Red Robin had to be super Red Robin. And uh, Red Hood, Jason Todd, had to have a red bat symbol on his chest, even though he doesn't really work with Batman. Okay. And so, like, just dumb decisions like that. And then for four years, he was like, nope, still going to do it. Nope, you have to do it. And then even when they were writing Grayson, he was trying to be like, no, you got to put red in his spy outfit, too. Just, like, dumb shit. And so, like, that's, like, one of the petty examples. But there were tons of shit like that where, like, Superman with, you know, not having the trunks or, like, just a bunch of stuff where, like, or or people not being able to get married. None of their characters were allowed to get married in the New 52. And so, Superman and Lois no longer married. Uh... Batman was never in a relationship in the new 52. Um, you know, Flash isn't married anymore, all this stuff. And so it's like, it's just fucking idiotic. And one of the reasons Greg Rucka left was because Dan DiDio basically kicked him off a book just because there was a crossover going on that uh, didn't, didn't you know, mesh with what Rucka had planned with his Wonder Woman story. So he kicked him off and then, like, they had a bunch of other disputes because he wouldn't let him return to that story at all and, like, all this shit, so... The ship got righted, and now one of the best writers in comics is back at DC Comics and writing a character that he writes very well. Um, and this issue establishes uh, a story that he's going to be telling with Wonder Woman called The Lies, which is basically her trying to figure out what the fuck her story is. <laughs> um, because so many people have told her origin and put her role in the DC Universe in so many different ways. And so this issue is her being like, okay, I don't know what's going on. I've been told so many different things. Over the course of my life, I've been told I was made from clay. I've been told I'm the bastard child of Zeus. I've been told I have a twin brother. I've been told I'm the god of fucking war. I've been like all these different things. And so she starts to just try and, you know, figure out what the fuck's been going on and who's been sort of like messing with her reality. Um, at one point, she even like puts, because she has the lasso of truth, right? So she puts on her lasso of truth and starts asking it questions in the mirror or like asking herself questions in the mirror and it starts like telling her all this crazy shit and. Then she goes on the quest, and I'm just fucking stoked because goddamn Greg Rucka's the best. Good. So, but yeah, most of the Rebirth shit's been really good, and that's uh, that's my Rebirth ramble. Rebirth ramble. <laughs> yeah, we need to have like a side podcast where just Jason can ramble on his Rebirth ramble. Seriously, though, dude. Um, I did also watch the the newer T- Ninja Turtles cartoon. I watched a few episodes of that. I told me that was terrible. No, I didn't. Which one did you tell me was terrible? The oh uh, the next mutation the um, the live action series that they did after right. Turtles three that's right that shit was fucking awful if you want to see that on Netflix Turtles the next mutation pass dude fucking rough um I guess it was originally written to be the next movie the fourth movie after uh whatever Turtles in Time um which I I call Tit it's what it is it's what it is Turtles Tit um but uh. But no, the 20, I think it's 2012 or 2013 animated series, it's like 3D animation, you know? Mm-hmm. It's actually really fucking good. Hmm. Like, I probably wouldn't put it on par with the 03 series, but uh, it's it's not bad. Um, what's his face? Sean Astin is in it. Is he? Yeah, he plays, I think he plays Raph. Good job, Sean Astin. I know, right? But no, it's a really unique melding of 3D animation and 2D animation that I like a lot. Nice. Yeah. Um, Have you ever been big in the Turtles cartoons? No. Mm-mm. I mean, yeah, when I was like nine, and it was 1988. Yeah, the original series. Yeah. 
My brothers were always way big into that. I watched that. Uh, but no, I haven't watched it. I stopped. I mean, I stopped. I fell out of Ninja Turtles stuff other than reading comic books here and there. Yeah. In like 1991, so. You're not one of the true turtle heads. I don't know. I got old school cred. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kidding. I'm just being a fuck. No, I don't know. I just didn't. No, I didn't care. I mean, generally, I just thought most of it was just kind of crappy, so I stopped bothering. Really? Well, the turtles got kind of crappy. They were just <laughs> like, let's just, let's like homogenize them into some boring, like, archetypes of what we think they should be and not, like, give them any character. Oh, I know. When they, when they become just like the one aspect of their character. Yep. Yeah. That does bug me when it's like every single story arc, Raph goes off on his own because he's having some sort of, you know, rage fit and power struggle with Leo. Exactly. And Leo's constantly trying to be like, no, I'm the leader. And then Mikey's always being like, oh, party, put Calabunga pizza dance. And then Donatello's like, oh, computers. I mean, that's kind of right. I mean, that is who they are. Yeah. But when you don't play off any other aspect of who they are. Totally. Because it's like you can take the core, you know, emotion or trait behind that and explore other areas. Yeah. But when it's just that one surface level crap that just keeps happening, yeah. No, oh, it's an interesting. So I, anyway, needless to say, no, I haven't paid any attention to anything Ninja Turtles for until uh, uh, I watched yeah. watch the new movie. And they got really crappy. Like, both the animated series and the movies got pretty crappy around the same time. Yeah, I just don't bother. I mean, I, it was it was fun when I was a kid, and then I like to go back and read some of the comics. And Yeah. They have so many Ninja Turtles comics, dude. They, they do. But some of them have been more adult-themed and really good. Yeah. I liked uh, the IDW series that they started. Yeah. That one was pretty damn good. I guess, I mean, it's probably on, like, issue 90 at this point, but... Oh... Who knows? No, I don't know. I you know so <coughs> I just think they're cool. I mean, they've always been kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. Did I just start packing up my comics today? Hurts. Hurts bad because I'm probably not going to be able to take them with me for a while. Well, why would you? Yeah, just a bunch of shit you have to carry around. Exactly. So I'm like, I'm gonna have to put all these comics in storage, and I have like I have a bunch of like big absolute edition hardcovers, like DC Kingdom Come, the Alex Ross book. Have a big old like giant hardcover of that because the art's so fucking beautiful, huh. um, and I have a bunch of those. And so it's like, I don't know, man. It's one of those things that like it's hard to just be like, okay, I'm gonna move, and I'm not gonna be able to just pull this out at any time and read it, and that blows. Like with the Marvel comics, I'm o- kind of okay with because it's like I have Marvel Unlimited, I can just pull that up anytime. But yep. a lot of these DC comics, it's like, or I- indie comics as well. Well, luckily you've got uh, Comixology now. I do, and I've got you know. There's always the uh, ever ever reliable TMBC Comics library, but uh, that's true. But it's like I don't know. It's just weird, you know. It's that bittersweet thing where you're like putting them into a box and like sealing it up and putting them on a shelf that you know you're not gonna come back and open for maybe years. Like, oh, it's fun. It is. It is. It's you'll, just you'll forget what you've got in there. Yeah, that is true. I kept out a couple of them, though. I have, like, Brian uh, Michael Bendis' Words for Pictures book, which is basically, like, his sort of how-to-write-for-comics book. Mm -hmm. Definitely taking that one with me, and there's a couple of drawing books I have. Um, Decided not to take Alex Ross's Mythology with me, which kind of sucks, because, like, it's basically Alex Ross wrote this giant collected edition where he, like, details some of the art that he's done and, like, the process of how he does it, because he does, like, this photorealism where he takes pictures of people in costume. And okay. then, like, paints that and shit. You know who Alex Ross is, right? Yeah. Um, 
And so it's it's just like this giant book of him like talking about his process and the things that inspire him and like you know the way that he structures his art or what a lot of it means like you know some just some of the meaning that he puts behind it. Um, it's a really fucking fascinating book, and that one was kind of like that one hurt a little to to tape inside a box. Sure, but those boxes are fucking heavy, dude. Last time I moved, moving my comics was definitely the hardest part because it's just like. So I don't have a lot of comics, but I've got a shitload of books. Yeah. So I know how that goes. It's the worst. It's always like a giant, heavy-ass box. Well, you don't put them in giant boxes. You you, you pack them up in small boxes. This this time I'm doing smaller boxes. Last time I put all my comics in one box. Whoops. Yeah, we had to have three of us move it. Yeah, no, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's dumb. Nope, you got to use small boxes. You got to go... The best boxes for books are Apple boxes from the grocery store Mm. because they've got handles. That's a good. Uh, that's a good idea. That's what all mine are in, uh, or orange boxes, one of the two. Yeah, yeah. It's a good move. I the boxes I put them in were in handle, have handles on them, but they're uh, they're a little flimsy. One of them started to rip as I was moving them. Well, it happens. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I. So one thing I wanted to talk about today because we've we've still got about fifteen minutes or so, ten fifteen minutes. Uh, yeah. Um. Wanted to ask uh, the topic that I was thinking about is uh, I was thinking about spaceships and hideouts. Okay. So I want to know what's your favorite like if you if you were to to have a spaceship of you know anything in fiction or whatever. Sure. Uh, or I guess in real life, but come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Sputnik. Yeah. I want Apollo Eleven. I want Sputnik. What? Uh, but what spaceship would you, if you were gonna travel the cosmos, what spaceship would you uh, choose? Oh, man, I don't know, dude. Yeah. Uh, just because there's so many cool spaceships out there. There's a lot of really fucking cool ones. You know, like would I choose? Uh, you know, like a little one-man cruiser, like an X-wing, or. Mm-hmm. See, I wouldn't choose an X-wing for me because it's like that would get cramped after a while. That's what I'm. That's why I'm. That's why I'm kind of go through the thought process. Yeah, yeah. You know, because they're also super cool. They're way cool. <laughs> or uh, something bigger, like, uh, I don't know, man, what's a, there's so many, I don't know. There's like the huge ones, like the fucking Enterprise or something. Or yeah, like or, Star or, like, Destroyer. or like the Nostromo from <coughs> Alien. Oh, yeah. That's a cool ship. It's a way cool ship. Um, shit, dude, I don't know what, I don't know what spaceship, because uh, I like a lot of spaceships. I really like the shuttle Tidarium. What's that from? That's the Star Wars Imperial Lander. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is a cool ship. That's a super cool ship. For me, for me, it came down to two. The Millennium Falcon and the Milano. Um, yeah, the Milano's a pretty cool ship. I like that ship a lot just because it's fucking cool. Yeah, it's, no, it's totally a cool ship. I like that style of, like, beat-up ships. Yeah. Uh, fuck, man. I don't know. I can't think... Like, what other ships are? I think I'm trying to think of like all the like random like old stuff that I always thought was cool. Oh yeah, there's a lot of them out there. Is the thing I too. do I, I do the giant <coughs> vacuuming. Uh, um, uh, God damn it, my brain is Dude, so fucking like, broken today. Yeah, you've been struggling. like for the dumbest shit though. It's like I, I, I can remember everything except for the fucking. What 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 fiction was it from? Oh my god, the ship from Spaceballs with its she's oh, vacuuming. It's okay. the fucking god damn it! Uh, the internet's gonna think I'm the dumbest fucking guy in the world. 
call in to 413-SAVAGE-4 and let us know what the ship from Spaceballs is called because it is called the... Let's see, there's the Lone it's Star. The, uh, oh, my God. It's the Statue of Liberty with a vacuum cleaner. Uh, Eagle 5? No. No, that's the minivan. Yeah, that's right. It's, so, the, it's the Death Star joke. It's a Statue of Liberty with a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a name for it. Let's see. Druidia? No. Doesn't matter. Spaceball 1? I don't know. Probably. I think it is Spaceball 1. I don't think it's Spaceball 1. Let's see here. Or Spaceball 1 turns into the Statue of Liberty with a vacuum cleaner. That might be... Oh, no. It's the... I think it was called the Lone Star. Or no, Lone Star Lone is... Lone Star's the guy. Yep, that's fucking right. God damn it. Welcome to We Are Really Not On Point Tonight. Yeah, we, <laughs> we are definitely not. Welcome to I Can't Remember What the Fucking Statue of Liberty um, is Called. Yeah, I'll let, you, I'll let you ponder it. I For me... The reason I think I'd probably go with the Milano is, like, it looks like a fun ship to pilot. Uh-huh. Like, you watch people, you know, you watch him controlling it, and he's got, like, the fucking... My favorite thing in all of spaceshipdom uh-huh. is that that uh, lever that you push or pull to accelerate. It's got, like, the handles on both sides, and you just grab the... That is, for whatever reason, my favorite, con- like, control in all of spaceshipdom hmm. is that, that accelerator control in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's pretty cool. Um... And then, you know, like, it's got, like, the stairs that go up to the cockpit, and then down there he's got, like, his chill area with his fucking boombox, and, like... Yeah, it's a pretty damn cool ship. All the lights and shit. Like, I, I dig the Milano a lot. Plus, it looks f- awesome, like... Yeah. And it seems pretty nimble, because you watch the shots of it, and it, like, it moves on a fucking dime. I like the drop ships from Aliens. Those are cool. Those are cool. All the ships in the Aliens movies. Like, the ship from uh, Prometheus, the, the landing ship that piloted by Idris Elba and Alien oh, yeah. Prometheus. Yeah. That's a fucking cool ship. That is a really cool ship. The ships in Avatar are pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Avatar has some dope-ass ships, like those helicopters that uh, What's-Her-Face yeah. uh, is riding. I, yeah, those I dig cool. those. I like a lot of the um, stuff from Halo. Halo, like the especially the human spaceships, I really dig, because it's kind of like this weird fusion of, uh, you know, current... You know, like current technology or like the feel of it. Like it does feel very human or very man-made. Mm. Um, I don't know. I don't know like any space. of the Halo ships. Really, I never played it. I've always liked the aesthetic of Halo. I think it looks really awesome. Um, I have never gotten into it. Like, you know, gotten big into it, but I've always really enjoyed the aesthetic of it. Mm. I like the the Klingon warbird <coughs> ship. The bird oh, of prey. That's a good one. That's a cool looking ship. Are there any spaceships that you fucking hate? Uh, plenty. <laughs> really. Yeah, probably. I don't like the B-Wing. Oh. Come right I out and say that. I fucking love the B-Wing. Uh, I know you do. B-Wings are badass. Ugh. It's, I don't know why. I just can never get into it. I think they're cool. I don't like the twin pod cloud cars. Really? Not really. I, f- I find them like I find them stupid, but I find them hilarious. Because, yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. They're, yeah. I, I, I'm with you there, but at the same time, I, I've, I find them so odd that... I love them. I thought, do you remember our idea where one pod goes up and down and one pod goes <laughs> left and right? <laughs> I, 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 I hope that's how they are. I hope they both need to do only half of the steering. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't like a lot of the prequel ships. They're too... Too flashy. Flashy. I don't think they look too good. They didn't... Yeah, the prequels, the thing with their, their technology is it never felt lived in. It all felt really polished and really... Yeah. It's like they could... It's like, we can do reflective CG now. <laughs> so let's make a ship all reflection. Yeah. I don't like that ship. There, I mean, that's, that's not to say that there are, aren't cool ships in... 
Yeah, because there are. There are some cool ones, and I'm trying to think of some that are cool. The Jedi Starfighters, I thought, in Episode 3 were really cool. Yeah, those are pretty cool. Um, I liked, what was her face? Zam Wexel, the oh, yeah, assassin cool Jango Fett hired. That was a cool ship. I like I like uh, Obi-Wan's like, ship that has the ring that he detaches from. Oh, yeah, that was the Jedi Starfighter from Episode 2. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I liked that a lot. I liked the idea that those Starfighters, like, back then they had to have that to go yeah. light speed. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. It doesn't seem like enough time to really like make a difference to have that or not, but whatever. yeah, I know. I was like, eh. <laughs> like um, twenty years later, the X wings yeah. have it. Well, not only like it, it almost even seemed like in Revenge of the Sith they didn't need that with their new starfighters. Mm, I don't know. Um, uh, I hated Grievous's ship, the Malevolence. That ship I thought was dumb. The big ass ship that they crash into Coruscant or whatever I don't the fuck. Remember it. That ship was. I mean, I stupid. remember them crashing, but I don't remember the ship. Yeah, it was just a dumb looking ship because there was like, I don't know, it was just clunky and weird. Uh, well, well, I don't know. We should revisit it because I'm sure I could think of some. Yeah, that is a good one to revisit. I did okay. I did like the, um, whatever the starfighter is that Anakin hops in in Episode One, the yellow one with the chrome on the front. Oh, the Naboo cruisers. Yeah, I thought those were pretty cool. Uh, nah. I mean, I didn't like. I didn't like them in inter- like for fitting what I typically see in Star Wars, but I thought they looked pretty cool. Sure. Nah, I didn't think they were that cool. Yeah. I bet you love Jar Jar's thing, though. The little underwater manta ray looking thing. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, did you? I was, I was somewhat making fun of you, but I guess Jar Jar's never been your biggest problem with the prequels, huh? No, no that's not his ship anyway. It's just a... It's a Gungan, Gungan ship, ship, yeah. No, I thought that was kind of cool looking. Yeah. No, Jar Jar's not my problem with the prequels. Uh, he's not great, but he's not my big problem. Yeah. Um, no, um, hideouts. Hideouts, for me, it's either, so I almost said the Ninja Turtles, uh, you know, sewer basement thing, because it's fucking cool. Sure. But the smell would probably get to me. Okay. So I'm thinking, I mean, the Batcave's a really easy option. Yep. Because it's like... Batcave. Yeah. You know, especially in the comics, it's like he's got that giant-ass garage, and all the computers, and... Sure. High-tech, um... I'd probably choose the Batcave, but then I'm like, you know, it sucks because everyone would probably choose the Batcave. It doesn't matter. You choose what you like. Yeah. But Fortress of Solitude can be cool in certain depictions. Grant Morrison's Fortress of Solitude was really fucking cool. Uh, I don't think I have. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to think about that one. I don't, nothing's coming to mind that's, like, jumping out at me like, that's really? the cool hideout. Moss Eisley Cantina. Is that a hideout? Uh, it's a hangout, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> What locations do you like best? I guess I guess hiding in Mos Eisley, in the Mos Eisley Cantina is probably a bad move because that's probably the first place any stormtrooper would check for somebody. Yeah, I wouldn't put Star Wars as having hideouts. Yeah, unless you count Yoda's house. Yeah, I was gonna say Yoda's hut. He was, yeah, he was he was hiding pretty well. And like yeah, because I guess the rebels when they were hiding on Hoth, they they got found pretty quick. So yeah. probably a dumb hideout, and it was cold as shit probably. Um. No, let's re- let's. Uh, we should revisit that revisit next episode, that. and we've got uh, like Rachel and and maybe somebody else. Who knows? Yeah, because we got to sneak out of here and go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, out of the shadows. Out of the shadows. Secret of the ooze in the shadows. Secret of the fucking Bebop and Rocksteady. Out of Fuck the secrets. You. And Krang. Yeah, and Krang. <laughs> I know. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see it, and, uh, and I guess we'll let them know how it was on uh, the next episode. Yeah, we'll talk. Well, next we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll chat about some X Men Apocalypse because we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. And. Uh, Oh, yeah, we haven't talked about Apocalypse yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll chat about stuff. Let's talk about it later. Where can they find us on uh, social media? I still don't know. 
It's super easy. At SavageLandPodcast.com backslash. Nope. <laughs> Not that. At SavageLandPod on Twitter. 413-SAVAGE4 on the phone if you want to leave us a voicemail. Yes, sup. <laughs> <laughs>